Welcome to Flirting with Bitcoin. I'm your host, Mandana Yousefi, and this is my boo, Ian Reese. Hey, babe. Hey, what's up? We are back. We are back. We were out for a minute. I've been pretty sick, um, and my congestion was so bad that I don't think recording would have been fun for anyone involved, let alone our listeners. We try to put out an episode once a week. I figured that since Bitcoin conference was coming up, that it'd be fine to take a week off because a lot of stuff was gonna <laughs> a lot of stuff was gonna be announced and was gonna happen at Bitcoin conference, and so a little bit more anticipation oh. of an episode <laughs> coupled with a lot of big things were announced that I think uh, everyone's gonna be really interested to hear. And just giving your wife a break. <laughs> yeah. To recoup and recover. But I'm saying that to say, like, that's why missing a week wasn't a, wasn't a big deal. Yeah. But in that time, I think Ian took all his alone time that he had while I was resting to, I think there's some new Bitcoin books that I see ha- have arrived in the mail. Technically, only one of them's a Bitcoin book, but I did get five new books. Yeah. So more research coming our way. I've talked about on this podcast that there are a certain number of books that are like considered required reading. And I actually ended up in a conversation with our neighbor yesterday about one of them. He had a very interesting reaction that made me believe that I should actually talk more about at least the Bitcoin standard book. When we were talking, I just mentioned Bitcoin and he was like, yeah, I've been hearing a lot about this (laughs) and I just didn't know what it was. And I said, hold on a second. And I went inside, I went upstairs and I got the Bitcoin standard book and I gave it to him. And I was like, read this and then come ask me any questions that you have. You didn't plug our podcast? He already knows about our podcast. (laughs) But I think the reason why he hasn't listened to our podcast is because I sent him the link to our podcast a while ago, like the first episode, and I never heard anything back from him. And I think he just hadn't heard enough about Bitcoin to be interested in Bitcoin. Mm -hmm. But I also think since then, like it's just been in the news so much that people are just like, do I need to pay attention to this again? Like, is this more or less important than Ukraine and Russia? I Every think month that's where that, people are with Bitcoin Absolutely. Right now. Every month that goes by, I think that it's just in the news a little bit more. In the news this past week, it's been all about the Bitcoin conference. So let's get into it. All right, first weekend of April, International Bitcoin Conference happened in Miami. What do we need to know? You know, last year's Bitcoin Conference was very important because last year's Bitcoin Conference was when it was announced that El Salvador was going to make Bitcoin legal tender. But in order to do that, they were using this new technology in the Bitcoin world called Lightning. And we'll get into that later in the episode. But this entire conference, like every announcement that was made that I think is important that we're going to talk about was all about the Lightning Network. So this piece of technology that enabled El Salvador to make Bitcoin legal tender for all of their people is now like the most important thing in the Bitcoin world one year later. Okay, so I'm on the edge of my seat. What is Lightning technology? So Lightning is a really interesting technology because a couple episodes ago, we, we did a show about altcoins. And altcoins claim to fame for the longest time has been, we are faster than Bitcoin. That's usually like their claim to fame. Yeah, I've heard that. Bitcoin just takes so long. So exactly, like it was either they're faster than Bitcoin mm-hmm. or a, a long time ago, the fees for moving your Bitcoin around, they were really high at one point. 
Like it, one time I tried to move like a hundred dollars and it was going to cost me like $20, right? Oof. That's not the case anymore, but lightning is making it faster and reducing the fees to zero, but still staying within the Bitcoin world and the Bitcoin technology. And how does lightning do that? So the way that lightning does it is when I, um, there's, there's now with lightning, there's two types of Bitcoin transactions that can happen. They're called on-chain and off-chain, right? So the on-chain transactions are the ones that we've been talking about this entire podcast, right? You got your keys to your wallet. I send, I broadcast the transaction. The network validators confirm it. The block is mined, right? Someone gets a reward and they get my fees for moving the Bitcoin from me to you. It's wild that I understood everything you just said. (laughs) Then I'm doing my job. I'm learning. I'm doing my job, right? So what the Lightning Network does is it opens a direct channel between two wallet addresses. So you have your wallet address and I have my wallet address. And instead of me sending Bitcoin to you through the validators, we have actually opened a direct channel between one another. I can send you Bitcoin and you can send me Bitcoin and it's immediate and there's no need to deal with the blockchain validators and stuff like that because it's only a one-to-one connection. Okay, so without going into too much detail about how this technology works, do both people within the transaction have to be on some type of app that uses the Lightning technology? Or can I only have the Lightning technology to send it to anyone who has a wallet? Until this conference, the answer to that would be no. But there was an announcement by Cash App that's going to really simplify this process where neither person needs to know if it's Lightning or Bitcoin. I'll just show you a QR code, you scan it, and your phone figures, the app figures out the best way to get it to the person. So if Lightning is possible, it'll use Lightning because the fees are Ah. zero. But if I'm using Lightning and you're using on-chain transactions, when I scan that QR code, the app should know, oh, this thing only will accept on-chain and that's, it'll, then it will build the transaction and send it to you. So it might take 10 minutes instead of one. (laughs) The shortest it can be is 10 minutes because you got to wait for a confirmation of a block. Whereas with Lightning, it's instant. Got it. And this is Cash App. Cash App made an announcement that they are working on a unified QR code system where embedded in the QR code is what is the preferred payment type, like a cascading list of try Lightning first. Oh, you don't support it? Try this next, right? And inside of that, I don't think they said it, but I'm pretty sure they're doing it. Um, Inside of that is also, oh, and I support Taproot, right? Like all of the the capabilities of the receiver are in the QR code. And then the app that's scanning just figures out the best way to send it to you. So this is another advancement in the user experience of using Bitcoin as money. 100%. And we talked about this in an earlier episode, Jack Dorsey of Twitter left Twitter to prioritize the expansion and use of Bitcoin, specifically at Cash App. Yes. So this has exposed at least the initial strategy that he's taking to bring Bitcoin to the mainstream. I'm assuming because you already have a lot of users using Cash App to give the dollar to people they know. Exactly. Nice. And, and so Cash App, just using a great example, yesterday I went to go get coffee in the morning with one of my friends. I could tap to pay, I could swipe a credit card, and they were flashing a Cash App QR code. And I didn't have anything. I wasn't ready for it, you know? <laughs> but I saw the QR code and I was like, oh, I'll be able to pay for my coffee with Bitcoin at Compass. 
And it won't even be a experience that requires a conversation about it. It's just gonna be that same process that you would take to be paying for something in the US dollar because you're really just scanning something. Yeah, and one of the major announcements that was made by Strike is going to like flip the game. So with that being said, like I wanna get into some of the announcements that were made. And then I think you'll see when I say like this whole conference was about the Lightning Network and all of the new technologies and apps that are being built with the Lightning Network technology. Well, you so. seem really excited about it, baby, so let's get into it. What's the first announcement that we should jump into? I have a list here. We love a man who does his homework. So the thing about Bitcoin up until I think this conference is that it's really mostly been about money and moving money from point A to point B. But this year, there was one big announcement from this company called Impervious AI. And Impervious AI has built a browser. These guys have made a new browser, but this new browser is being built with the Lightning Network technology embedded in its DNA, basically. By building the Lightning Network into the browser, they showed off some really impressive stuff for what this browser can do. Number one, I can just send you Bitcoin while in my browser. Send money to Mandana is just like an option, like opening a tab is in a browser today. And you're treated as a contact, not like a random Bitcoin address. So today when I wanna send you Bitcoin, I need that like 40 character mm -hmm. string to know where to send it. In Impervious, you're just like Mandana, like I'm sending you an email, you're Mandana and I'm sending you Bitcoin. Is it then in the same way that you'd be in Cash App and you wanna make a transaction? and you wanna make a Bitcoin transaction, you'd be able to do a similar user experience within the browser? Yes, right? Like at the bare minimum, because they've built the Lightning Network into the browser, the number one feature you get now is I can send money, I can send Bitcoin to you directly from the browser. So it's like this big app. It's like an app on your phone. It's like this app on your desktop that has the ability to send Bitcoin. But that's not the cool part. The cool part is that now, because the Lightning Network is built into the browser, it actually enables um, a new communication protocol to enable me and you to do things that you can't really do in any other browser. The number one being peer-to-peer -peer communication that's fully encrypted. So in their demo, they literally start a video chat in this browser. It's not Google Meets, it's not Hangouts, it's not Zoom, it's none of that. It's just my computer talking to your computer with no third party server company oh it's just the cameras showing each other what the camera and mic are recording it is fully peer-to-peer -peer and it's encrypted so nobody can snoop on that communication snapchat is quivering <laughs> um i don't know if snapchat is quivering but if you're a company like zoom yeah <laughs> that just like blew up because all of a sudden everyone had to do these video calls impervious is going to eat your lunch because why would i pay zoom any money when i can just tell all my employees no you have to use this browser because this is how we do video chat the only people that get paid for it are with the lightning network you just send a little bit of bitcoin like a couple of satoshis one or two satoshis and that's just the payment if you will to establish the the hand what's called a handshake right so it's like i'm ian i'm mandana okay we agree it's encrypted you need to move a little bit of bitcoin on the lightning network to make that handshake but it's like one satoshi so you need to have a wallet connected to this browser with the, some bitcoin in it the browser is your wallet Ah. Like I said, it's like an app on your phone, like a wallet app on your phone. It's a browser and a wallet app combined. Number two, native Google Docs. So they do a fully multi-person doc editing demo. It's not Google. 
It's not a third party. It's just my computer talking to your computer doing asynchronous document editing. They're just doing that with the APIs that are built into this browser that are going to be open for anyone else to build any type of like peer-to-peer -peer communication with no third party company making money off of you wanting to talk to your friends. All right, so Microsoft is shaking in its boots. <laughs> All of the tech giants, yeah. right? And this is what Bitcoin does is that this is like a great example of the Bitcoin community. We got this technology that was designed to move Bitcoin faster and cheaper. And then a bunch of smart people look at it and go, I think I can make video chat with this. Really? How do you see making video chat from moving Bitcoin faster? I, I think I can do it. And they've done it. That's really exciting. Right? So Lightning enabled that. And what has it enabled for the future a year from now at the next Bitcoin conference? Exactly. Right. So last year they attacked the banks with Bitcoin is legal tender in El Salvador. That was attack on the banks with Bitcoin. This year, what Impervious is showing, I would call that an attack on big tech because big tech's whole reason for existing is I sit between you and your friends that you want to share pictures with or chat with or whatever. I am the broker of your communication with all your friends. Impervious? Not anymore, buddy. It's not officially out yet, but it's coming like in the, sometime in the next like month or two. And that's going to be my new browser. That's really exciting. And it seems that only the Bitcoiners have connected those dots right now. Most likely. Yes. But even in the audience, like you can hear people like audibly gasp because like... <laughs> You can't pay attention to everything that's going on. Like no one can really pay attention to everything that's going on in Bitcoin. So there were people who hadn't seen the leaked video and hadn't been following this company called Impervious AI. Like I had been following them. Obviously. But that's because of the, <laughs> the main developer. Like he's um, he's like this, this black guy, this software engineer. He's just, he's funny and personable. And I just saw that he was working on this thing one day and I was like, what's Sounds this? Sounds like my type. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Number two is this new thing was announced called taro. Taro is like this uh, this yam-like food that a lot of Africans eat. <laughs> yes. like, right? Okay. Yes, I know what it is. I, don't, I mean, I know you know what it is. I know you know what it is, but I'm like, I don't know if everyone fair listening enough, knows what taro Google is, right? It. It's but delicious. it's a it's a food that people eat, right? But it's a root, mm -hmm. right? It's a root vegetable or a root of sorts. And so taro is the name of this new thing that's been built using the taproot innovation. So we're going to say taproot is the innovation. Taro is like the implementation. And what taro is enabling is all the stuff that all the other altcoins claim that makes them better. Taro is basically offering... You can bring any other asset. It doesn't have to be Bitcoin. Any other asset you want to bring to the digital blockchain world, you can do it through Tarot. Now. And you attach it to a transaction. And there's a lot of technical jargon around what goes on, but the short of it is that they have figured out a way to wrap Bitcoin transactions in a way that they look like normal Bitcoin transactions on the blockchain, but when they are unwrapped, inside of it is all of this information that enables things like these cryptocurrencies that are just pegged to the dollar, so they're always worth $1. Well, they exist on all these other blockchains. Everyone always says that the fact that stablecoins exist proves that like Bitcoin isn't doing what it claims. And now Tarot's like, you know what? You can have stablecoins on the Bitcoin network if you want to. <laughs> we don't think you need to. So it's basically like this wrapper that is going to enable any type of digital asset to be brought to the Bitcoin blockchain. So I immediately asked the question to all my altcoin lovers out there. Why would anyone build a new network if all you're trying to do is make an altcoin? You can just make it on the Bitcoin network now. And you get all the functionality of the Bitcoin network up to and including 
Well, maybe now you can send your altcoin that's on the Bitcoin network using the impervious browser, <laughs> right? I think the market has not really priced in what that means. But by this time next year, you're going to be really hard pressed to explain why you're bringing some new crypto coin to a new network and not just building it using Tarot and Taproot. Yeah, I imagine this isn't something that overnight all of the other altcoins are going to admit has made them maybe obsolete, but maybe within a year. They will never admit it. Yeah, the value will just generally diminish and people will be moving into using Tarot instead. Right, and what's gonna happen is that the altcoin community, uh, especially like the ones that are like, we're gonna, the Ethereum killers, right? they are always saying like the value of our network is that you can build all these things on it. And up until I would say lightning and tarot and taproot, it was very hard to build other things other than moving Bitcoin around on the Bitcoin network. But in the last, since last conference to this conference, that talking point is almost gone. And I think you even talked about this. I think it was our episode 11 where we do delve into altcoins a little bit more. Uh, where you did say that altcoins are are testing and the different theories on how you can use this technology, but that ultimately it's going to come into Bitcoin and Bitcoin is going to show like the probably cleanest, most efficient, elegant way to execute a functionality like that. Yeah. All right. So what's next? What else did they announce? So um, another big announcement. They're not countries, but they're like jurisdictions inside of countries that are making Bitcoin legal tender. Portugal has these islands in the Atlantic called the Madeira Islands, right? So the governor or mayor or whatever they call their leader of those islands, he was at the Bitcoin conference and announced that within the island, there's no income tax on Bitcoin. They're basically not taxing Bitcoin. If you're a Bitcoiner, come live in Madeira <laughs> and you don't pay income tax on any income that you earn from for Bitcoin. And I would assume that this is in response to the increase in tourism and revenue that had been coming into El Salvador since they've made Bitcoin legal tender, because I did see that the ambassador to El Salvador was able to attend the conference. And she did announce that Bitcoin has made their country more powerful. El Salvador has seen double digit GDP growth on the back of increased tourism in the past year and a half, right? It was very fast. Bitcoin has proven that it at least brings tourism and the people that are coming have money because they have Bitcoin. So Madeira is like another big tourist area um, as far as like the Euro Europe goes. It's these, they're beautiful islands in the Atlantic. I haven't been there, but I've, I've seen it and I, you know. Maybe you can take me. Well, the thing about Madeira is that they were already trying to be this um, digital nomad hub, right? So they already were selling themselves as like, if you're a digital nomad, don't go to Thailand. That's too far. <laughs> Come do it in Madeira. That's literally what their selling point was. And now they're just layering on. And if you're getting paid in Bitcoin, you don't pay any taxes. That was just like, it's not a big announcement, but it's like another place that's like seeing the game playing out and trying to get ahead of it. And another like jurisdiction inside a country is this, uh, I think this is funny. This is obviously a corporate thing that's happening because the name of the town is called Prospera. <laughs> and it's a town on this island, uh, Roatan Island, off the coast of Honduras. So it's part of the Honduras jurisdiction, but it's an island off the coast of Honduras. People who are listening who are cruisers know that Roatan is an island that a lot of cruise ships stop at 
on their circle of the Caribbean. Prospera and the island itself is going to have de facto legal tender for Bitcoin, um, not the entire country of Honduras. It sounds like they're setting up Roatan to be the Singapore of the Caribbean. And Bitcoin is basically de facto legal tender on this island. Yeah, I think it's really interesting the different leadership in different jurisdictions that are pushing this forward. Even in Miami, like they are trying to establish themselves as the international city for Bitcoin. And despite what maybe the Florida government wants, the United States government wants, they're like, nope, we are already international hub. This makes sense for us. We need it for the growth of our city. Miami is not a city that has a lot of money when you look at the actual government. And so it seems like people who get it are going to be the first that jump on it and their country, area, city, whatever that is, is going to benefit from it, whether or not other people are catching on. Exactly. And that's the beauty of Bitcoin is that it actually it's actually able to gain adoption without permission. All right. What else? So there's Kraken, Robinhood, Cash App and this new exchange that I had heard of, but I never really heard of called OKX. Um, All four of those announced lightning integration. So all four of those exchanges, if you want to call Cash App an exchange, have integrated lightning into their product. You know, we've talked about on the podcast, take your Bitcoin off the exchanges, not your keys, not your coin. Everybody that I just named charged some kind of fee at the bare minimum, the Bitcoin transaction fee itself to move your Bitcoin off the exchange. Like if you want to take your Bitcoin off Cash App, they're going to charge you at least the transaction fee for the Bitcoin transaction. With Lightning, there's no transactions. Hey. So now when someone says move your Bitcoin off the exchange, there's no excuse for like, oh, fees. Save them 25 cents. Sometimes, I mean, it's, it varies, it, yeah. it oscillates, right? And depending on how fast you want it. So mm-hmm. lightning is instant every single time. Whereas a Bitcoin transaction, depending on how much you're willing to pay is how fast it goes. Lightning, again, just taking over. And anybody who doesn't have lightning by this time next year, by next Bitcoin conference, you're not gonna get any adoption because you're gonna have to have at least the Bitcoin transaction fee. And so why would I use you when I'll just buy it on Cash App and mm-hmm. move it? All right, what else? Square, we talked about. Blockstream, who we've talked about, they're the guys that have the satellite, the Bitcoin satellite. Mm -hmm. They're partnering up. Square is building their own Bitcoin mining computers now, or they're designing them, they're going to build them. And they're partnering with Blockstream. I don't really know what Blockstream brings to the game besides they just been in Bitcoin for a while. I feel like Square should be able to do this on their own. But they're partnering with Blockstream, which is good. They're going to be building a 100% solar powered Bitcoin mining operation. And what they're trying to do is they're trying to prove out that Bitcoin is not this energy gobbling machine that's going to destroy the planet. But it's like, no, it's a way to incentivize building clean energy because when you can't sell the energy for a profit, you just flip the bit and now you just start mining Bitcoin instead. And when you can sell the energy for a profit, you flip the bit and stop mining Bitcoin. So you never lose money on your renewable energy investments. But as we know, solar means the sun goes down and there's a period of time where there's no sunlight. So they called up Tesla and said, (laughs) hey, we need some battery storage packs from Tesla. So this solar powered Bitcoin mining operation is going to involve Square and Jack Dorsey, Blockstream and Tesla. And Elon Musk. All the dots are connecting. Everyone is, everyone's coming around to it. Now, I want to go on record as saying like Tesla is not actively involved in this. They are just providing the batteries that are going to be used to store the solar energy to mine Bitcoin at night. But those are the best batteries on the market. They are the best batteries on the market. And if they're not, they sell the most. So they're the cheapest batteries on the market, (laughs) right? 
So, so we're driving down the cost. We're innovating. We're making cheaper energy production for Bitcoin mining, which combats this FUD mm-hmm. around, oh, Bitcoin is bad for the environment because it uses a lot of energy. Even though using energy isn't necessarily bad for the environment, it's emissions that are bad for the environment. Exactly. Using energy is not bad for the environment. Using energy is how we built civilization. <laughs> yes. And right? I'm trying to be civilized. That was like a big announcement. Just because of the names involved. It's a big deal. These are going to be headlines. It's going to get people's attention. Probably people who have not yet embraced Bitcoin are going to take a closer look. Exactly. All right. What else? Cash App had a bunch of individual announcements that they made. So Cash App, in addition to integrating Lightning, they announced this new single QR code that's going to embed all of the payment information um, to make just Bitcoin transactions easier for everyone. With Cash App, you can get your paycheck deposited into Cash App. And now they're building a feature that allows you to say, how much of that do you want to convert to Bitcoin as soon as it lands? So Cash App is another now entity that allows you to get paid in Bitcoin. And that's a process that doesn't matter who your employer is so long as you have a direct deposit option, right? Exactly. You just direct deposit it into either Strike or the Cash App and you can immediately convert your paycheck to Bitcoin. Exactly. And then one more thing they added because Cash App, unlike Strike, they do have a card, like a plastic card they can give you. So you can, you know, even before Bitcoin, you could spend your Cash App cash with a card. Now they're going to have Roundup. They'll round up your change and buy Bitcoin. Mm -hmm. Set it and forget it. Yeah, set it and forget it. So that's Cash App. The big one there is that they also added Pay Me in Bitcoin because Cash App, I believe, has the most like users. They have way more users than Strike. Strike said when they rolled that feature out, I think it was like 90% of everyone converted 100% of whatever they were getting deposited. Damn. So if Cash App has their 70 million users, a percentage of them are going to choose this option. Statistically, probably a large percentage of them are going to be converting 100% of whatever number they decide to get deposited. So that's like very positive for the, um, not just the price appreciation of Bitcoin, but the um, price stability, because now you're going to have more people buying it at a consistent price on a more regular basis, which is going to reduce the volatility because the price discovery is happening on every one of those transactions. You're also going to have more data to show, look, this is how many people are using Bitcoin. And then last, because I'm going to save the best for last. Again, you know, last year it was Strike and El Salvador announcement. This year it's Strike again. And, you know... I knew this was going to happen. Like I knew that Strike was going to make this announcement at some point in the future. I just did not think it would be this conference. But what Strike has announced is uh, the first announcement was that they've partnered with Shopify. So now when you go to Shopify, there's going to be an option to check out using Bitcoin. But the way that it works is very different than sending the merchant Bitcoin. So using the Lightning Network, what they're going to do is when you go to pay the merchant with Bitcoin, it just uses the Bitcoin network and the Lightning network to get the transaction as close to the merchant as possible. And at the last second before the merchant gets Bitcoin, they get dollars. So if I have a shirt for sale that's $40 on Shopify and you got $40 worth of Bitcoin, you can send me $40 worth of Bitcoin. I'm going to get cash on Shopify. If that's the currency that the shop wants. Well, for for Shopify, it's going to be cash. 
And that's specifically, this goes back to the same thing about like the employer side of it. Now this is the merchant side of it. So the merchant doesn't need to know that you sent them Bitcoin. Shopify is just offering the buyer the option to pay, but to Shopify merchants, it's just gonna look like a credit card transaction. Without the processing fee. Without the 3% uh, processing fee. Okay, game over. So <laughs> if you're, again, if you're on Shopify and you're a merchant, every transaction has to go through some type of processor because it's on the internet. They can't take physical cash from you. So every transaction merchants get robbed two to three, four, 5%. Right. This is just giving them the ability to take cash via the internet. So it's like you're at a farmer's market, I just hand you cash. That's huge. They, <laughs> I see why you saved that for last. They, that's not even the biggest one. That's just one of the, and that's the first announcement that Strike has Ooh, made. Oh, okay. But that is a game changer because now merchants can be incentivized to say, if you're paying with Bitcoin, I will give you a discount, mm -hmm. right? Like if you pay using this method, you get a discount. You know, like in El Salvador, you see these pictures like $5 or 50% off if mm -hmm. you pay with Bitcoin. It's not going to be that deep of a discount, but they're getting any merchant is going to be 3% richer. Their margins are going to be improved by 3% theoretically if they can get all their transactions through this new announcement. Amazing. Getting a 3% increase in your margin sounds small for like a, the brain to think like 3%, but 3% margins is like ridiculous. It is, yeah. Grocery stores, just for reference, everybody, grocery stores operate on a 2% margin. Grocery stores. Dang. If you can take your grocery store from 2% to 5%, guess what? Bitcoin is this de deflationary force. Your groceries are going to get cheaper as the Bitcoin and Lightning Network get integrated into the payment systems of grocery stores. Amazing. That's the power of Bitcoin. But that wasn't even the biggest announcement from Strike. The biggest announcement from Strike is they partnered with the number one maker of point of sale systems in the world. They integrated them with the Lightning Network as well. So... I don't have like the screenshot in front of me where they listed out all the companies, but the top three that I saw, Donald's, Starbucks, Walmart. Wow. All use this point of sale system. So in the very near future, just like I just described on Shopify, you're gonna be doing able to do that at Walmart, McDonald's, Starbucks, and it was a very long list of people. All of that POC, that point of sale manufacturers customers are going to de facto be able to accept Bitcoin from you without knowing that it's Bitcoin because they're just going to get cash. And so it doesn't affect their books. It doesn't affect their accounting. It doesn't affect anything. It's just like they opened a store in the real world and I walk up and I give you cash. They don't have a 3% fee to share with the banks or the credit card processors. And while Shopify is gonna have a, probably a hard time getting all their merchants set up to do that and you know, whatever. McDonald's, Walmart, and Starbucks, it is in their interest to get that going as soon as possible because that is again, an additional 3% they have to pay on every transaction being erased. That's what has been going on in El Salvador for the past year. The fact that it's in the United States sometime in this year is just mind boggling. From one year ago. So a year from now, Bitcoin's here. We're all gonna be using Bitcoin every single day, whether or not anyone else knows it. Yes, the idea is, is that when this is implemented, the way that, that this is being rolled out, you will never be talking to someone and sending them Bitcoin. You will just be sending them money and the money is going to be transmitted over the Bitcoin network, but the majority of people are still just going to be getting dollars, like in Venmo, right? Venmo is a bad example because they just move the money around inside of Venmo. But um, in terms of the user experience, that's all that matters. That's all that matters, right? So the reason why the reason why I'm just like so mind boggled by this announcement is that you know Walmart 
I don't even know where Walmart and Amazon stand as far as like who uh, has the most sales in the United States, but they're the two biggest retailers in the United States. So the biggest, one of the biggest retailers in the United States, de facto Bitcoin as legal tender. And Walmart did not have to agree to any of that because Strike partnered with their point of sale provider. So Walmart's just like, we just use the technology <laughs> that we buy from these guys and whatever, if it keeps the business moving, great. Walmart, 3% richer. They're already pretty rich. They seem to like money. <laughs> but by removing that 3% fee, in theory, over time, that will bring the cost of everything down. Like this announcement is literally talking about deflationary forces in a time when we're seeing 5, 10, 15, 20% inflation. Turkey seeing 50 to 70%. Like inflation is running rampant all around the world right now. And at the Bitcoin conference, they announced a deflationary force into the economy. No one else is like doing that. That's the power of Bitcoin and lightning and I keep advocating for strike and they keep delivering. That was a master stroke of, we're never gonna get the United States to make it legal as fast. We're never gonna get Walmart to agree to it. How do we do this as fast as possible? They don't make their point of sale terminals. Let's talk to them. We love a strategic bay. I think this goes back to the continuous lesson of Bitcoin is ever changing. And so you just need to be paying attention. You need to see what's happening in that space. Any argument against Bitcoin that existed maybe a couple of years ago when you first got a little curious about it, those arguments have lost their steam and they will continue to lose their steam. So it's really important that <laughs> you either pay attention or you have someone in your life who is paying attention that can fill you in on it because the Bitcoin experience is only getting better and I think it's here to stay.